Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson. I'm Jeremy Schnell. It's all to play for this week, guys. The oldest trophy in college football. First awarded in 1899, the Territorial Cup. 80 years. Yeah. They awarded it one time, (laughs) then they lost it or it got stolen. That's why ASU has it right now. Somebody just found it in a basement. Safekeeping. And here it is. Back in Tempe right now, but will it go back to Tucson and stay there for a full year? Jesse, U of A leads this series forty nine to forty five and one actually. No, there's a tie and one in nineteen eighty seven. Well, technically, doesn't the pers- the team or the school I should say that collectively does the best in sports get the cup? No, it's just a football game. So the cup. Is just the football game. It's just game. the football game. Yeah. Correct. So, then, so what do they call the thing? Because they do a cumulative one as well. I, I don't know. That, I, I that don't, has I, a name that, too. That's, that's the thing. You have a laptop in front of you, right? Okay. Yeah. That's that's when I, I, I just <laughs> I just know that there's one awarded for football here. So ASU's won five of these in a row, which is cool. We like that. As, yeah. As a as the State of the Sun Devils podcast. Yeah. Uh, they, they've won five in a row. Uh, a couple of those have been fantastic. Won uh, the last one at Tucson. Yeah, they won By a lot. They won seventy to seven. That was cool. That was great. They also came back and uh, won, I believe, forty-one to thirty-eight. I believe that was the score of that game. Were you there, Jesse? I was there. Yeah. Yep. Eno Benjamin. Okay, Eno sorry. Well. That yep. what I was referring to was called the Territorial Cup Series. Mm. So it's every sport. Oh, I do know about that. What's the What's the trophy called? Is he on it? I don't know if there is. A I don't know if there is one. That, that's yeah. why I was asking: is the is the teacup just for the football game? Because it is the oldest trophy in college football. Correct. But I didn't know if that had anything to do with all the other sports. Just for football, just for football. Um, yeah, but uh, I was at the, I was at, I've been at every single one except for seventy to seven because. Sorry, it's a silver. It's a COVID. silver. Yep. It's a silver trophy. There is one. It's not it's called the silver trophy. It's called. It's a silver. <laughs> it's a silver territorial cup. Series trophy. Nice. Got it. Okay. Well, yeah, I was at... Uh, the only one that I haven't been at in this five-game winning streak was the the game that I covered from home because of COVID, 70-7. to seven. Uh, That was probably the, the best and the most... Memorable. I don't know. The, the comeback was fantastic, but awesome. also the 70-7 to seven when you just go in there and stomp U of A, yeah, you, that's you, pretty cool. I mean, obviously, these games can go back decades, but like for me, my earliest years were like... Blocked ASU winning in Tucson on blocked field goals. Yeah, like, and I mean chip shot blocked field goals. Mm-hmm. But this was like almost ten years ago. Like this is, yeah. You guys weren't even here yet. Well, I don't know, but I, 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 I've seen the highlights. Yeah, I've seen the highlights too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, the week got off to a terrible start. Yeah, I don't know how this happened. Uh, U of A painted the A, a on A mountain red. Yep, and blue, and blue. They do it every year. Yeah, they try to. They try to, but it's usually they they're they're thwarted by yeah. the defense of Arizona State. <laughs> but the defense, as as it has been, all, was, a, was asleep <laughs> all season. Uh, when it comes to the running game, and I guess the U of A ran their way up a mountain, um, and uh, they painted it red. Uh, here's Sean Aguano on U of A painting a mountain red as Jesse needs to turn on the. Uh, yep, there you go. Trust me, we did. Two days ago, you know, they painted it red, and and I made sure that our kids uh, saw that. I also made sure that our kids saw a little scuffle on the sideline and all of those things that uh, we don't need to do. And so um, anything that I can use from an advantage, we played the Arizona fight song uh, today during a stretch that they they weren't happy about, and that's good. And so there's a, there's a couple of things from a you know um, engagement standpoint and motivational standpoint that I like to throw in, um, but uh, they really need to know that we just need to execute uh, at practice. Uh, but I'll throw those little tidbits uh, this week just to keep it interesting. Yeah, so I like that he played the fight song there. That was cool, but like I, I I'm kind of worried that he showed the scuffles on the sideline. <laughs> the one at U of A and Jane Delora. Why why wouldn't you show that? Oh yeah, there, there's that. But like I don't. He also said that that's the stuff we can't be doing. Yeah, like yeah, I, that I, stuff we cannot afford to, especially this week. I I hope so because it's been a problem this season. 
They do get a lot of fifteen yard penalties, but this is it, man. Yeah, but th- this was between the, t- the like their yeah. own team. I-, I know, but like if you show that, and then they get fired up, and they get fired too fired up, it, it you know. What I'm saying is there is no tomorrow. Like the- like the season literally ends on Friday for both these teams, and then whatever the future holds for Aguano is he the, the head coach? Is he going to come back in a maybe a recruiting role? Is he going to go elsewhere? We have no idea what happens there. From the player standpoint, um, if you're going to stay here, so we talked about this. No player on this Arizona State team has ever lost to U of A. You got no. you got guys like Kyle Soley, Ladarius Henderson, Case Hatch, uh, Merlin Robertson, guys who have been here. The entire time. I wonder if there are any coaches who have lost to U of A that are on this staff. I'd have to look at Donnie Henderson's time here, his first round. I'd have to. I'd have to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point with all that is, is, like, you have guy, you have coaches, you have kids who are legitimately. We've been talking about all year. If if you have a plan on leaving, whether it's the NFL or the portal, you got to put something on film that makes you. Like wanted, like you can't just go out there and just say screw it. This game means nothing. Yeah. And now you're you're hurting yourself because I mean let's be honest. Like this team hasn't been great all year. Talking about ASU, really like, it hasn't. <laughs> like it's been it's been all over the board. A guy like Jalen Conyers has really emerged in the last few weeks, right? Elijah Badger has kind of gone a little bit away, but I think that's also just he becomes game plan target number one. His numbers look great. If you look at his numbers, yeah. he's got like 60-something catches. Like He's looking like oh, but I'm saying week numbers by that week. could take to the NFL. Yeah, per yeah. week. And, and it's also been a little bit of the the other teams are putting pressure on whoever is in at quarterback, whether it was Emory Jones against Washington State for most yeah, of the Yeah, over the course of the year, or, game plans are going to yeah, change. Yeah, or last week against Trenton Bourget, it was a lot of uh, blitzes yeah, up bring the middle. The against, I still think know. the kid delivers a great ball while getting hit right in the right in the stomach. Like this kid this kid delivers yeah. good passes while taking a lick. Yeah. Um so what are these kids playing for, Jesse? What what is you I want your opinion and then we'll ask Sean Aguano his opinion. Well again, I think that um I think that U of A is just playing to end the streak, probably. I think that's that's probably their biggest um reason for you know playing hard in this game. And, and I think that Five and seven looks a lot better than four and eight. And I think their coaches probably are saying stuff like that. You know, you're not going to a bowl, but you're one win away. And going to next season, that that would be like, okay, we're going to take the next step. Four more wins than they had last season. Yeah, four more wins than they had last season versus three. I just feel like they're, they're going to have a much better season. Like a five and seven season is much better. And then on the, a, on the ASU side, continuing the streak, the guys that have... There's a lot of guys on this team still that haven't lost to U of A, and, and that's going to be something that they're playing for, that they, they don't want to have that one loss on to U of A on their resume. They want to go perfect against U of A. Yeah, as they should. Um, here's what Sean Aguano said about the importance of the rivalry going into this big territorial cup. Yes, we did uh, at our letter, letterman's uh, jacket last night. Uh, Juan Roque came in and, and spoke. Um, uh, Kevin Manyfield came and spoke. Uh, Gene Boyd spoke. And so um, I'm bringing in alumni, uh, what, what um, this game means to them. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I sat back last night before I came in this morning and thought, uh, do these kids really understand what it is? And so I had to give them a little uh, educational lesson today, and, and uh, I thought it worked out because they were, uh, they were engaged and watched it and um, kind of understand now what uh, this uh, Territorial Cup means. Uh, you know, a lot of people question the performance of the team uh, against Oregon State, whether it was effort. Or uh, you know, just it was both. Yeah, what what kind but, of what happened, kind of thing. Um, they played a really good team, but when it comes to this week against Arizona, when you come to Arizona State, we talked about this at the beginning of the year when Jade Lavelle transferred to Arizona. Um, when you first come to Arizona State, you're taught right away to hate U of A. This is like one of the biggest things. You don't even you don't even refer to their actual name. Right. The school down south. Right. So like it should not be an issue getting up for this game. Sean Aguano talked about that as well. Um about just 
making sure that they're ready to go. You shouldn't. Uh, you never know kids nowadays, but uh, um, it, it is our job to make sure that that happens and, and bring the intensity every day at practice. Um, we will have a uh, Thanksgiving dinner um, together, and that will be our last time. And so I, it's about uh, holding these guys together. Uh, we, we talked about playing to the last whistle, and, and sometimes uh, subconsciously you, you say, well, you play to the last whiz- whistle, um, that's enough for the game. You did your best, but shoot, we want to win and dominate from the beginning. And so that's the mindset that we're going to take um, this When it comes to I, – I, that's interesting that you said that they're going to have a Thanksgiving dinner, Jake, because – and you never really think about it with this rivalry and and this team. Like they're probably missing Thanksgiving with their family, and this this is like in some ways this is their family, you know. And and you're gonna want to play for your family when you go into a rivalry game like this. Obviously, yeah. I I don't know if it's actually talked about on a recruiting standpoint, but you know, being from here, obviously, you guys are been a part of the rivalry now for half a decade plus. Like you know when the game is. It's always right around Thanksgiving. It's that Saturday or it's the Black Friday. It's it's pretty consistent on when it is. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's your football family. We know we've heard Aguano talk about Sun Devil Ohana since he's taken over as the interim. He's brought these guys close. They have like a Sunday dinner together, which is something I'm a very big fan of. When you get guys who actually care about each other, you'll see it on the field. You might not be able to put any like quantitative value on it. But like there is an effect when you actually care about the person who's lining up next to you and you're you're going to go all out. My big thing is for the guys on on both sides, if you're still playing football after this year, do you want to have a terrible taste in your mouth that the last time you went out there was you you gave a, a bad performance or you didn't play to the best of your ability, you didn't give everything you had? And then on the other side, if you're not going to be playing football anymore, if you're not going pro, if this is the end of the line for you, how do you want to remember the last football game you played? Because the last football game you just played at home, you're never going to want to talk about ever again. I mean, we literally saw Kyle Sully postgame literally say, I'm not talking about Oregon State. Like He's solely focused. Now, Kyle Sully's a different animal in the fact that he probably will go to the NFL. But I, I think a, a guy like a Kyle Sully, a leader like him, can, can really just take over this team in a sense of not not just because you have 43 new players right they have never played in this rivalry before who might honestly might not care right the both teams both teams suck we can say it both teams aren't good <laughs> so like if I'm the player and, and, I'm, and I'm just thinking about me why would I care but if I care about my brother next to me if I see all these guys talking all week about how important this game is to them and then also, it affects me if I'm still trying to have a football future. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to play my ass off. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can. You just hope that there's enough of that feeling around the ASU program to get the job done. Because from what we saw against Oregon State going into this matchup, it's not it's not the greatest feeling, but it, it's the Territorial Cup. Literally, anything can happen. We have no idea. And if they care about Arizona State moving forward, which I think some of these players do, mm-hmm. and you, you've seen a lot of the alums come back, then they want to win this game. Because again, like you've said, Jake, this is huge going forward for recruiting because yeah. if they win today or if they win on Friday, it shows that they you know, still are the premier program in Arizona. Despite all this. Despite stuff. everything going on. Because yeah. at, at the moment, they still are. Yeah. They still are. They And Jesse, you said this the other day, I believe or it might have been Jake, one of you guys, that they will have beaten both teams in the state. That was me, 100%. That was Jake, yep. They will have beaten both teams in the state. They will be the best team in the state. premier program in the state. Mm -hmm. Um, Division one, that is. This is the last chance for Sean Aguano, right? Yeah, it's the last chance for him to show what he's got. Yeah, he's nah. co- he's coaching for. His, I mean, everyone's coaching for their jobs at this yeah. point. Yeah, even even Donnie Henderson, who has a very impressive resume, he's been in the NFL. We 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 don't know what the future. I mean, he's here because of Herm. Glenn Thomas is here under Herm, and and Brian Billick, Marvin Lewis. Like, what's their future? They, exactly. Like, Do we, they want to be here? Like, we legitimately have no idea. Um, but we but we if if ASU wins this game. Maybe there's some familiarity with the people that are kept. Let's say ASU loses this game. It might just be time to wipe everything clean and let's just completely start over. Yeah. I mean, th- we've talked about it. Three and nine, if ASU loses and it lost to U of A. Like, I mean, we're talking about, in at least modern history, definitely the worst season in, in, in school history. I talked about how 
five and seven is better than four and eight. Four and eight is also <laughs> like I mean, obviously it's better, but like it's just it just looks a lot when better. You, when you're you when you're a program that is used to winning double digit games or at least being around that eight nine win mark year in and year out to then flip the page and be almost at a nine loss mark. Like I, I've said it since since this Oregon State game. Having been raised here, man, like this is not the ASU football that I know. Like the, you just don't see it. They're they're never this bad. Like they've no. never just been. I don't want to say unwatchable, and, but like they just you you go out, you don't know what you're getting, and it's either like where has this been all year, or it's just like beating your head against the table, and it's, it's like so weird too because they have a lot of talented guys on this team. Yeah. And it seems like they're in almost every game that they play. Now, Except right, for last week. Yeah. They got a few guys who are going to go play in the NFL. I mean, Jesse... They, it, it's Not just, just a few, like four or five, Jesse, probably. at halftime, they were down by Maybe a score six. last week against Oregon that State. Is true. Like, that is like, true. Case Hash has declared for the NFL. Kyle Soley is going to go. Ladarius Henderson is going to go. Ex Valade is probably going to have a shot. Like, that's four Elijah guys. Elijah Badger, obviously. Elijah Badger is another one. He also has eligibility, so depending yeah. on what he yeah. wants Jordan to do. Jordan Clark will play in the league. I just, it's just, like, it's just like difficult. Six guys. It's like, difficult to just look at what they Eddie have, Chaplitsky. the coaching that they have, and the results. Like A plus B is not equaling C. No, and that's the most frustrating part. Yeah, it's just weird because, the, like I said, talented team just haven't gotten the results that you know you would think if you look at this team on paper uh, that they should be getting. Um, Again, I think it. And I, I, this is no real shot to the offensive line or to the defensive line, but I think it starts at the line of scrimmage. And I think that pretty, they have a subpar offensive line and a. They've been banged up too. Yeah, been banged up. That's also true. But you know, and that that that's a factor in there. But uh, you know, defensive line hasn't been great at stopping the run. So I, you know, I think that football again starts and and ends at the line of scrimmage, and that's where this team has really struggled this year. But I mean, yeah, I mean, again, this game coming up, they got to just flush, literally flush the entire season. Does not matter. It is zero and zero right now. They got to go in, but for both of these teams, they've got to go in to Tucson and, you know, say, this is the fresh start. Whoever wins this game gets a trophy. (laughs) <laughs> so let's just act like this is our championship hey, this year. If, if we're so- if we're talking uh, soccer, we're playing for a trophy. Yeah, <laughs> like, playing I mean, for a trophy. Pre- whether it's pre like in soccer, that everybody loves playing for the preseason trophy too. Well, I don't uh, I don't think we played the audio, but Chana Guano on Monday did talk about it. Like guys, like it, it, at the end of the year, like this game is probably the most important game of the season. Not only because. Like obviously the season ends Friday, so it becomes the most important game because it's your rival. But even before you know what you're doing in the postseason, like you mark that game, like we need to win this game. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your record is. If you're going to the playoff, like you need to beat your rival one way or another. So I, I just think going back to the you're playing for a trophy, like you're playing in the biggest game of, of your schedule, and you knew this was going to be the biggest game of your schedule. Even preseason, we talked about it in in the best case scenario. This game was going to be a game ASU needed to win to make a bowl, and it wouldn't matter what the bowl is because it would have been like the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl at six and six, right? Like, it, and it's a, let's be honest, like it's a who cares bowl, but you made the postseason, which is the benchmark of being a good college football team. But the U of A game meant like you had to win it, you had to win five to get there. They didn't get there, but the U of A game still exists. It just. I don't know. It just it. You can hear it in my voice. Like it just gives you something to to care f- about to get you up to play your what could be your last football game for a lot of these kids and some of these coaches. Yeah, I, I wanted to get back to the coaches. I so I like Sean Aguano a lot, and I think that he deserves to stay on the staff in some capacity. Yeah, and when we we've, we've seen the reports this week, like Kenny Dillingham, it looks like he's he's strongly favored to come in here, and you know I think he's. He's a good choice. He's 32 years old. They need a young guy um, as Arizona ties. So I think he's I think he's a good choice. But I hope he he keeps Aguano on his staff. Yeah, and we talk. And obviously, the run game has been fantastic under yep. Aguano. Yep. Whether it's this year, last year, or the year before. Yep. I'd love for him to be elevated to like director of Arizona recruiting, like I've said, and running back and coach. running backs coach. I think that'd be awesome. And maybe even like 
assistant offensive coordinator or something like that, or assistant to the head coach. Assistant to the regional manager. There you go. (laughs) As we seamlessly segue into Arizona football, they're four and seven. Jake said that before. Uh, Jesse, also, you said uh, five and eight looks a lot better than five four. and seven looks yeah, a lot better. I don't know where yeah, this thirteen games se- coming. <laughs> and Jeremy, five and seven looks a whole lot better than four and eight. Uh, they're two and six in the Pac-12. They obviously beat UCLA two weeks ago. So this team, they do have the firepower to beat a big time team with a big time offense. ASU does not have a big time offense, but they do have a big time running back in X Valade. Leading rusher, Michael Wiley, Jesse. Only has a five hundred. Uh, only has five hundred ninety-one yards on the season, but I, I think he's pretty dang good. He's averaging five point five yards per carry this season with five touchdowns. Yeah, but here's the thing about U of A: they like to throw the ball. They throw the ball a lot more than it's they. It's sort of like a Washington State type. Yeah, of Yeah, they throw the ball, but the Washington State even like they they had some serious running game. Uh, it's, th- yeah, well, <laughs> this game they torched ASU on the ground. Well, yes, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's because of their their opponent. <laughs> well, I mean, the week before they had played well. Let's uh, let's let's not get into semantics here. Let's let's ASU talk about- has not allowed, and they probably won't because U of A doesn't run the ball that much. But ASU has not allowed more than 200 yards on the ground to anybody on the road. While they've allowed 200 or more, they've allowed 300 and 400 <laughs> on the ground at home. I'm saying it's going to be easier for ASU this week on defense because their offense, because U of A's offense doesn't like to run the ball that much. Yes, I do have a little bit of faith in ASU's defensive backs, especially Jordan Clark. But like Jane Delora, what he did against them with Washington State. It was Washington State. This is U of A. This This is a different year. But we've and he seen, has turned the ball over a lot. 12 interceptions, and ASU has gotten its fair share of interceptions this season. The reason why I don't like the matchup is because ASU has shown against the mobile quarterbacks that they're not good at QB contain, which is an intentional way of keeping them in the pocket. Like, Spencer Sanders, it 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 didn't it didn't last for 60 minutes. That guy's Can't, awful, by the way. Well, he, was, he wasn't in the beginning of the year. Yeah, but have you seen Oklahoma his State, yeah, Oklahoma State's gone, gone off a cliff over the course of the season. Honestly, it... He wasn't that good against ASU. No, he was not. He was very inaccurate. They, they ASU hung Cam around r- way too long in that game. Cam Rising, another one. It's been interesting. But I'm saying that these these quarterbacks that they've that they've had to face. I mean, even DTR didn't even really move that much. Everything was short. I mean, that's kind of Chip Kelly's extension of his run game. Mm-hmm. But I just don't. The pressure. Like, you're not trying to get after him. Delora, because if you do, he's going to take off. And ASU, as we've talked about when we were talking, I forget which game we were, you and I were talking about, Jesse. Uh, it was during the game when we were there. But with how much man ASU plays, it's a little concerning. It was UCLA. So, yeah, when you're trying to cover the quarterback in terms of a spy, when you're in man, like we, the perfect play was he DTR was running out to the right. And a receiver was running with him and then turned up field, which is scrambling rules, 101. But Jordan Clark, if you watched him, he is literally staring at the quarterback, (laughs) but he can't leave his man because he's not past the line of scrimmage. He can still throw it. So he has to turn his back and follow his assignment while giving like that right there is the lose lose. It happened last week too against Oregon State. I just and that's why I don't think ASU is going to have any. Well, not actions any because they could force a um, a couple interceptions. That's my thing is they they could get some interceptions. The defensive could, performance is going to hinge on turnovers. Yeah, that's I, what I, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, don't think they're I don't think they're going to be able to stop them. For, I don't think they're going to be able to force Arizona to punt that much. And I'm not really sure they should bring too much pressure. They won't. Yeah, no, because they I, need I to contain. They you'll need have to, they spies. Need to have, I bet. I bet Donnie goes zone. Yeah, I hope that. I, that's Probably. what I was. I bet I was Donnie say. goes with a lot of zone. Makes him rush have to, four. Yeah, exactly. But the problem with going zone against these two receivers is very two. Different. There's three, three. Yeah. I mean, there's but, three. Mon- the guy who has the least amount of yards has the most touchdowns. Uh, but listen, Dorian Singer and Jacob Cow. Jacob Cowing is amazing. First of all, this guy's going to be like a, a third. third for- or and where did pick. he go to high school? Maricopa. Yeah. And then he went to UTEP, and now look where he is. He's he's incredible. The dude's five eleven, and he runs like a four two. I forget about these. He's gonna go to the NFL. Ninety one per game, twelve point five per catch, uh, one thousand one yards. I forget about Singer and Cowing until they play 
ASU again, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. UVA's got these two receivers that are good. Well, so Cowing, where's was Singer at from? Where, where's Dorian Singer from, guys? He's from, I believe, Illinois, but he, uh, or, or somewhere else, but he went to high school in the Valley. Yep. And he went to Pinnacle. Why isn't he at ASU? He's from, he's from Minnesota. Why, but, why isn't he at ASU? Did you see the That's game? That's my point. Why? Why isn't he at ASU? Why is Tucson better for him than Tempe? I'm just, Jesse, I, I just peaking. don't understand. Jesse, you're peaking. You're peaking. I'm doing that on purpose. It's, it's called, it's, I'm doing it for effect, Jeremy. Can we talk about the game that Cowing had against San Diego State in his first game at U of A? Dude, he's a freak. He's eight, eight catches for 152 yards. Three touchdowns. Hold on, hold on. Uh, How does that guy go to U of A? I want to play this game with you guys real quick. Between, Tucson isn't that bad. Who is going to Stop it. guard? Who If, if it's man Pull for man, south. which corners you want lining up on these guys? Is Ro is Ro Torrance gonna have to guard McMillan because he's six five? Yeah. So Ro Torrance is gonna shadow all three of them. I, I'm, I, <laughs> but like in, in all seriousness, like he, yeah. Ed Reed or not Ed Reed, Ed Woods. I, I, which one, which, I would love Ed Reed. Current form Ed Reed would be great. But between Dorian, year old Ed Reed, between Dorian, at University of Miami, between Ed Reed. Dorian Singer and Jacob Jacob Powing, how who's Ed Woods gonna guard? And, and obviously, and then you got Jordan Clark. Well, Jordan Clark will be in the will be in the, in the slot. Will be in the slot. So that will that will be de- decided for him. Yeah. But in terms of, do you are you going to have Ro Torrance follow McMillan because of the height and height, or are you going to just play a strong and a weak side and just do whatever? What happens if they go three by one or three by zero? Oh, you know, like I mean, it's difficult because like you're saying that they might go a zone, and I'm saying that that might be terrible. <laughs> the this thing about the thing about from a defensive scheme standpoint, if I'm Donnie Henderson and I'm going to probably want to deploy more zone than man, the thing about zone that can help us, our pass rush may or may not get there with four. I need one spy. That leaves me with six. I can now have a zone coverage that's going to force Jaden Delora to throw the ball accurately instead of more so relying on my receivers to help me make the play. And I think that would be the way you can get a couple of picks. Or, and we've seen Donnie do this, he'll switch up how much man Zoni's playing in the halves. Like, you just get a constant look of man, 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 you think it's man, and then boom, there's a lot more zone going on, you might throw a pick or two. Let's keep Jesse out of this conversation, because X's and O's aren't his thing. What? Who said that? uh, Who has said that? Who do you want as the spy? Do you want Merlin? Or Kyle Soley. Well, what's the other doing? I know what you're talking about. By the, the way. other's back dropping back. He's in just coverage. dropping back in coverage. Yeah. Merlin's faster, no? Yeah. But I he, trust but Kyle Soley more. But, but the problem with Merlin is he's very good in pass coverage. Soley is very good at tackling. No, I, I under and I understand that. But my thing is like. Because on, on like your your first step is always is always run protection. That's why play actions when you have good running in a game are really effective because the team truly thinks you are running the football and sells out. I, honestly, between the I mean Kyle Soley's got two picks. He's shown he can, he's shown he can catch the football. It's true. Um, when you give him an opportunity, I honestly think that's how he got his pick against Spencer Sanders was by being the spy and initially dropping out. Mm-hmm. To, honestly. Between those two linebackers, they I, they can do the job, and I know they can do the job. I know Kyle's gonna. I like Kyle for run support more than yeah. Merlin. Um, Merlin Ky- has I think not Ky- been good in run. I think Kyle's sure. is is cerebrally also just a better football player. Yeah, like he just understands the game, knows where to be, how to play, how to be. Which is shocking because we thought Merlin Robertson would be like a first round pick. Yeah, I don't know why he's still here. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, but he could be in the league. Totally. Um, no, but the, the, let's get to U of A because I we we talked about their receivers and we talked about Jaden Delora. We talked about spies. Now let's talk about their receivers a little bit more. As Sean Aguano talked about them, because these guys are just freaks. You know they they do have uh, three uh, headed monster. You know two of them have over a thousand yards and the other one has six hundred some yards and so seven hundred two. Um, but they throw the ball a lot too, and so you'd, you'd imagine that. But they are—they're uh, great route runners. I think they're good athletes. Um, I think that uh, we're going to have our secondary is going to be up for a big challenge, and, and 
the way we can defend that is we can t hopefully take up front and, and put pressure from the um, our front four and five. But uh, um, it is going to be a huge challenge, and we have to make sure that um, we contain not only the quarterback but uh, contain those receivers because they, they're going to make plays, and they have been making plays the, the whole That fifth is the spy. Yeah. Um, so Sean Aguano... I, I think what what he's saying is is interesting. There. Rushing four or five, yeah. that's what that's what stood out to me. It's exactly what we're talking about. Like, yeah, we're not going to send too many people. No, there's no it, it, it'd be asinine to. He's you're literally just going to ask him to run free. Yeah, um, U of A, their defense, Jesse, hundred twenty sixth out of hundred thirty one, very bad. Um, and we'll talk about this with Kevin Zimmerman a little bit, but I think X Valade is going to be able to run all over them. Exactly, exactly, like. Again, this is a very winnable game for ASU, in my opinion. I, I mean, all of the games that they've played this year, they've they've looked like they could win it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, on paper, but a, a lot of them, game. a lot of them haven't looked good on paper. <laughs> right. But then they've come in and it's been like, okay, they played well. This one looks good on paper for ASU, except for the number twentieth offense. But however, ASU's been able to get some turnovers this year, and you know, when when the team has a really good rushing attack. That hurts them. U of A, decent rushing attack. Not great. Jane Delora, a lot of turnovers. Lots of interceptions. 12 interceptions in 11 games. Is that bad? You don't want that. No. You do not want not that. Not good. Um, if he had like 38 touchdowns, that'd be a different thing. But he has 25, which is fine. It's not 38 or 40. So, in my opinion, this is on paper... A, a winnable game for ASU. Now, will they? I don't know. Uh, but with a 126th ranked defense, they should be able to control the ball and the time of possession by just running the ball. But, you know, it's a crazy, weird rivalry game. Run the game. dang ball. Yeah, it's a crazy, weird rivalry game. So who knows what's going to happen? We could come out here and see a 10-7 to 7 game for some reason. You you never know. You never know what's going to happen in a rivalry game. Dandler has four rushing touchdowns for whatever that's worth. So we we obviously just know the numbers, right, Jesse? We, we've been looking at the numbers of U of A. We haven't really watched much U of A football this year. I watched their first game. I watched San Diego State get thrown all over. There is a lot of inability to watch other college football games Yes, when you are constantly at ASU. My point is... <laughs> You know who has watched every game probably this year? Kevin Zimmerman. Kevin Zimmerman. He's going to give us all the insight that we need to know about this U of A team. It's my lead editor. Kevin Zimmerman, ArizonaSports.com lead editor and uh, big U of A guy. U of A graduate, <laughs> graduate joining us here on State of the Sun Devils. Kevin, what's going on, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm a huge U of A guy. <laughs> huge, yeah, yeah. Well, not, not a big U of A well, guy, a huge U of A guy. Well, yeah. uh, the basketball team gives you stuff to cheer, cheer about. Um, football yeah. team, they might give you a little bit of, of anxiety, I guess would be the right word for it. How, how have you been, in terms of when you watch the games this year, what, what has been your kind of mood? I'm kind of... I guess Arizona, both basketball and football are more of my okay. I'm I'm sitting on a couch, not working thing because I'm jaded and I have to watch the Cardinals. The Suns are easier to watch, obviously, um, this season. Um, so I, I would say they give me like I, I'm just confused sometimes when they you know like the Washington State game and they just look terrible and, and then that comes off the UCLA game where they look really good. <laughs> um, I always put in perspective of last year was really not fun to watch, but it was like competent football with not very talented football players, and I appreciated that. And then the years before that, where it was incompetent coaching and just a mess, was awful to watch. So uh, <laughs> they have a little talent now. They're organized. Their coaching staff actually seems like they know what they're doing, and there's obvious recruiting implications there. So... Yeah, I think I'm enjoying this season from just like a very laid back perspective that it's not offending my eyes, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm going to say the the obvious thing here because I'm, I'm a Dolphins fan. Jake's a Jets fan. So we're. AFC East uh, watchers, Jedfish coming from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Have you seen anything that kind of says, man, this this guy kind of coaches like Bill Belichick a little bit? They do. I mean, it's just 
fundamentally, okay, we see a matchup, we like it. We're going to attack that a bunch of times. Um, we're going to take guys who maybe they're not the most talented at this, but we're going to plug them in and find what they're good at. And uh, like an example is Michael Wiley, the running back, who's basically their starting running back, and he's not a big-time recruit, but they just say, hey, you can catch the ball out of the backfield. You've got enough pop in the run game. You Basically, you're smart enough to do everything. Um, pass protection, all that. Um, and he's brought all this out of a guy who's not the most talented running back by any means, but he's really productive. So I think from that perspective, that he's been really good. So you have 3-8 and eight ASU, got 4-7 and seven U of A. Kevin, what do you think that U of A in particular is playing for here? I think they're just locked in on building what they have. I think when you look at what Jed Fish has done, it's all the cliche cultural stuff where if you get guys to come back from what how terrible they were last year um stick around and buy into building something i think that's easy for them to go into this game even though there's no bowl on the line um and just keep working to next year and there's some guys who have you know nfl maybe in their future like jacob cowing for example um you would expect that he has a lot of reason to say hey like I'm, I'm still building a resume and all that kind of stuff down the road. So I, I think f- from a lot of different levels, they've got a lot to play for. And um, like I said, this team's inconsistent sometimes, but I, I don't think they're inconsistent because they're not um, a super focused team. I'm glad you brought up uh, Jacob Cowing just because uh, ASU interim coach Sean Aguano called him a three-headed monster. Him, Dorian Singer, those two are both uh, Arizona kids. And then I'm going to butcher this name, but Titaroa McMillan, yeah. he leads the team in touchdowns. He's six five freshman. Um, but from a recruiting standpoint, because that's what Aguano is basically all coaching for at this point, because um, he doesn't even know if he'll be back next season. Um, but from a UA standpoint, I mean, do you think... Because if, if I'm looking at ASU after this season, I'm expecting more kids to leave yeah. in the transfer portal. We saw Omar Norman Lott kind of give a a tweet saying goodbye to Sun Devil Nation, and he's got at least two years of left eligibility, so I'm assuming that's where he's going. But for this game for for Arizona, for the Wildcats, I mean, let's say you do win this game. I mean, do you think that that's kind of like, I don't want to say handing over the torch, but I mean, in terms of going forward and recruiting Arizona, especially, I mean, I think that's going to this could be a, a big deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, from the ASU perspective, don't think Aguano is going to stick around, at least in the head coaching capacity. Maybe Agreed. they retain him. So even if they win, I think there is value for him to say what he said all week, which is like there's a lot of reasons to do us proud and, and show these kids in the state. And from Arizona's perspective, like I think the first day on – um, the job Jed Fish literally said he called like 200 coaches in the state. Um, and, and people can argue about whether recruiting Arizona is good or bad, but obviously it's rising. There's always like a three star who turns out really good. There's always a couple four stars who or five stars who leave and go to the Texases or the Alabamas or whatever, or the Georgias. Um, so I, I think there's value in recruiting Arizona and there's value in being able to say, hey, if there's a kid in our backyard who happens to be a star, why wouldn't we want to make him at least think twice about coming to our school, whether you're Arizona State or Arizona? So, yeah, I think that when you look at from a recruiting perspective, both these guys have said time and time again, this is important to us. And um, it, high school kids watch one game. They maybe they say, yeah, this that team looked like they were having a lot of fun. That team did not. They look like they quit. If one of those teams does it in this game, then that's going to be the perception there. I think we watched, we all probably watched uh, the Georgia-Tennessee game earlier this year when it was one versus two or whatever it was. And I, I, I believe they said like, 55 star recruits showed up to that game to watch it. Uh, big games like that, rivalry games like this one coming up, the recruits are all going to show up and they're going to be, Im- I, I, it's going to make a big impression on them whether or not U of A or ASU win this game. And especially when it comes to in state kids uh, who's, you know, maybe their parents didn't go to either of these schools. Um, and they don't have an allegiance. I think this is a big deal every year when this comes around. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, so I don't know if you guys know this, but my parents both went to Arizona, but I'm from, I went to Dobson, 
was miles away from ASU and like just growing up you get put in a U of A shirt and then ASU fans make fun of you and then you're just like oh I guess I'll go to U of A and like I I wasn't like the most academic kid to go there but like that's how it happened to me so I get it from the rivalry perspective of um, again impressions are important and I think just like if a kid watches from Tucson or Phoenix watches one of these teams and is sees they're prideful um, and they end up playing football at some point, then yeah, that's that's how this works, I think. And I think in this rivalry, I don't know how other schools are. You you guys can tell me on other places you've been, but I, I think that that's a big deal and just how the discourse is between the, like even Tucson and Phoenix between adults yeah. <laughs> is is <laughs> like super. I forgot who it was, but there were politicians going back and forth this past week on it and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, you go ahead, Jesse. Uh, we talked about the offense for U of A being mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, you know, Jaden Delora obviously is a pretty good quarterback. They got some wide receiver weapons that are really good. Defense is 126 in the country out of 131. Um, and, you know, Delora does turn the ball over a little bit. So, what is ASU going to have to do to stop U of A? I honestly think, I mean,. I think they just have to find a way to score. And I think this is one of those where this rivalry is always weird. Like, I think, I don't remember what year it was, 2010 or 2011 when Tim Kish was an interim for Arizona. Mike Stoops got fired earlier in the year. I think that was the last time there was an interim on either side. And Arizona won that game, I believe. So I'm I'm going back to that because I think that it's easy to say Arizona will win. But also, if ASU comes out and they have trick plays, they go to some wacky um, scheme things that they never do um, and surprise Arizona and just blow up their game plan, then you never know how this game is going to go. Um, but I, I still think ASU has to score points. And I, I don't know how they're going to do that because they just haven't been doing it lately. Um, but I, I would expect it to be a high-scoring game on Arizona's end either way. Um, I would be surprised if it was like a 25 to 17 victory on either <laughs> for either team to win. I think for Arizona State to be able to score, and we'll talk about this uh, at a different point in the episode, it's going to be have to be ex Valade. I mean, like he's been yeah. incredible this year. He's got over a thousand yards now. Uh, he's got 14 touchdowns. What is the run defense like for U of A from what you've seen this year, and what do you think they have to do to stop that guy? Again, it's weird because like UCLA had a really good run game going the week before they played Arizona, and then they just kind of contained them, did enough. Um, they have size, and that's the one thing I think from past years, even just last year, where their defensive line has size this year, and and that's been a lot better as far as just run defense and not getting completely bowled over. But yeah, on the back end, it's been really hit and miss. Um, I would say the linebackers, I, I just don't know who, who you can say has been really good there or good at all. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be his game i guess x's game to basically take over and you bust a couple and then that's where i think this is going to be maybe a close one all right kevin thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it do you want to get a prediction yeah we're not we're oh, going to walk yeah. out the door not make, well, he, make a decision here he said he said <laughs> he said a score and i i didn't know if no. that was really what how can, you felt i can yeah. make it up um i i do think arizona will win um unbiasedly right it's unbiased. Yeah. With, his, with his UA shirt on right now that no one can see. <laughs> yeah, a podcast. Oh, you don't have the video. Um, yeah. What should I do? What do you think? 35. 25? Ooh, okay. It's a little more low scoring than I think. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. Jar- Jarrett had 35-32 somehow. Somehow they're going to get 32 points. Yeah. ASU. Yeah. Well, knowing Iguana, he'll go for two mm-hmm. just randomly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't trust uh, Carter Brown anymore. Yeah. Uh, hit the goalpost from 30 yards out. There was a lot of wind. It stopped right before his kick. It was really weird. It was like 15 mile an hour winds all week. All I mean, all pregame, and, and just suddenly stops. See, you know, it, threw, it threw him off. Jace Feely hit his kick. Great guy. Uh, his dad. His dad is uh, on C- CBS. Former right? Cardinal. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks to Kevin Zimmerman for joining us. He's the lead editor for Arizona Sports. 
Com and, and a big U of A guy. Huge U of A guy. Uh, he went to U of A. Yeah, I'm sorry, huge. He huge. wanted to, he wanted to clarify that he's a huge U of A guy. <laughs> yes. He went to U of A, obviously. He watches U of A very closely, loves the basketball team. Yeah. Uh, tolerates the football team, it seems like. Um, <laughs> but... We're going to get some more ASU people in my department, man. Him, <laughs> Callan Olsen. Well, that's why you just go you go ch- talk to Jeff Munn. It's the best. He just he just gives you all you need to know about the football team. Um, and you can listen before the game. Jeff's not on the on the broadcast. Mitch this week, again. But you can listen to Mitch Ferreldis. He does pregame and postgame over there. And obviously Tim Healy. He does the play-by-play announcing, broadcasting. Hosting. Play-by-play hosting. Play-by-play hosting. Hosting the play-by-play, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, You can listen to all those guys on Friday. Yeah, on uh, Arizona Sports app, 98.7, and ArizonaSports.com. Again, we're the local sports leader over here. The local sports leader over here at Arizona Sports. Do we want to get to our predictions now, Jeremy? Yeah. The Territorial Cup is on Friday. 1 p.m. start daylight savings time, Jesse. That is true, and it's uh, 1 p.m. start Mountain Standard Time. Yeah. Can we just say Arizona time? Well, right now we're on Mountain Time. Yeah, daylight. We st- have our own time zone, so and it's a territorial cup for the state of Arizona, the so T-Cup. I'm going to say it's at 1 p.m. Arizona time. I got okay, home well, at 2 o'clock I, last night because of well, daylight savings okay, time. Well, Same. I am, uh, it's because of Pat Bev. I am uh, doing a drum roll because Jesse, it is time to... Score predictions. Give a score prediction. Jeremy, you go first. Oh, I go first? Yeah, because I'm doing the drum roll. Uh, spoiler alert, Jarrett get, said 35-32. Uh, I don't know how they're getting to 32, but here, here's my prediction. Can I stop doing the drum roll? Yes. Please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 38-31, Arizona. Okay. Pair of field goals? Yeah. Am I up next? Yeah, yeah you're ahead. up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I Jesse finish. wants to go last. I want to go last. <laughs> I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be whoever has whoever wins the turnover battle should win because I think it's just everyone's going to score. I wonder if you could go check most of the college football games this year, and you'll probably see that whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game. Not always because I'm 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 willing to say ASU did win a turnover battle in one of the games they lost this year. Yes, they did. Um, but that's because I think both these offenses will just go right down the field. Yeah. So I think whoever makes mistakes. You know, Trenton Borgay throwing an out route. Might get picked. We've seen it almost every game he's in. Um, see, this is, this is what pains me. I've only gotten two picks wrong on my preseason prediction. Mm-hmm. And, I really, and, and you have them winning this and game. And I have them winning this game. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to stick with ASU, but not by much. I think, I think Carter Brown finally gets his clutch time kick. <laughs> so I'm going to go. Can we confirm that he's like the kicker? I guess we'll find out Friday. Yeah. It's, it's been a completely closed practice all week. That makes sense. No, okay, kids aren't talking to anybody. Nope. They, they have, there are no media availability. So we, we, we are shut out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's completely closed. They will not be shut out uh, in Jake's. <laughs> in, in Correct. Jake's Correct. Um, <laughs> here we go. I'm going to go ASU uh, wins at the buzzer or even maybe an OT. Mm-hmm. Um, at the buzzer? There's a buzzer at U of A? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about basketball in a second. They have a buzzer there. I'm going to go 45-42. Field goal. I was going to say 42-35, but throughout this podcast, I've been like, you know what? I think I want to go 49-42. to Why 49? Because I think it's going to get that high scoring. You really do. I do. Yeah, because you, I, you don't think seventy-one to seven uh, like Kellen Olsen. I do thinks. not think seventy-one to seven. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think forty-nine to forty-two. With the way these teams play on defense, I think it's going to come down to turnovers. I think it's going to come down to how well ASU can run the ball and how well they can stop the receivers for Arizona. So yeah, again, forty-nine to forty-two. But U of A is going to win. Yeah. I just, I just think that no confidence right now. I just, yeah, I don't have too much confidence after the Oregon State, the second half of Oregon State. I just Didn't don't, you I just guys don't predict four and eight? You don't Correct. want your predictions to be perfect. Well, even though game by game might not have gone. You know, I was so throughout the summer I said three and nine, and then I went up to four and eight just after talking to some of the players and stuff, and feeling like they were more bought in than I expected. 
So, yeah, that's why I went up to four and eight. But I think that three and nine, my original thought on the season, like back in it was July, also my, it was also my original thought. Like we we both said three July, wins. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think three and nine is uh, is what we're we're looking at. One quote from the beginning of the season that has stuck with me all year is when Kyle Soley said, anything I'm a part of is going to be more than five wins. It was one of those, like, this is the leader of the team, obviously on defense. Seemingly, yes. Like, this guy is not going to let this happen kind of feeling is what I was... Oh, and you could see during oh, the pro- post-game press conference. This, dude, this guy, Kyle Soley is, 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 is the most ASU through-and-through Valley kid that I've like had that much interaction with, mm-hmm. you know, covering a team. So like that—that's the kid that like you want your recruits looking up to sure. to see what what this program is all about. Yeah. So obviously he doesn't complete his goal of getting more than five wins. Um, but I will say that one of the losses did come when he didn't play. But he's been the best linebacker in the pack, like hands down, not even a competition. You can follow us. Uh, on Twitter at AZ Sports, we'll have all the football coverage over there on Friday before the game. But as we move on in this podcast episode, we're going to go on to the men's basketball team. They're five and one now. Uh, we're less than a month into the season, and they have more wins than the football team. Yeah, I mean, I've been after they lost Texas Southern woke them up. Oh, I have loved what I've seen. They're moving the ball on offense. I covered the game yesterday uh, against um, Grambling State. They looked fantastic. They jumped out to a 12 to nothing lead. Again, just the most ball movement I think I've ever seen out of a Bobby Hurley team. Sometimes they made too many passes, which is a welcome sight yeah, for uh, for a Bobby Hurley coached team. And then without Marcus Bagley, yeah, with, with kind of without Marcus Bagley, but we'll get uh, to that. But uh, yeah, the, the, it's cool. They have a trophy now on the season. They beat Michigan. Michigan's the <laughs> we talked about the trophy games. Yeah, we it, talked. About I want the boot. I want a treble. <laughs> we t- I want the pack and then the, the natty. We talked about the boot. Yeah, okay. Uh, which, by the way, I, hard knocks tonight. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, no Eno Benjamin no stuff. No Benjamin stuff. Uh, yeah, but again, two blowout wins. One coming against a ranked Michigan team in a championship game. Yes, it's a meaningless early season tournament, but they came back with hardware. And you know, thirty years a, later, a Bobby Hurley still got Juwan Howard's number. Yeah, still, still has Juwan Howard's number. <laughs> Poor Juwan Howard. All man. these years, Juwan Howard is he's just, got both his kids on the team too. Just, he's, <laughs> the, the Bobby Hurley just lives rent free, and Bobby the, Hurley Jr. beat Jason Jet Howard, <laughs> Notre Dame prep Saints alum. <laughs> Bobby Hurley Jr. Shout out NDP. Bobby Hurley Jr. has Jason Jet Howard's number. <laughs> I don't know if he no Bobby Hurley Jr. did get in that game yes. at the end, but yes. but yes, he hit a three last night. He did hit a three last 87 night. Eighty-seven to points. sixty-two over Michigan. Yeah. Who was in the top twenty-five. They dropped out of the top twenty-five. ASU receiving votes five. five of them, yeah, five of them. I was just about to ask. They win on Sunday. Yes. You think they creep in the top twenty-five? Maybe I think they might. They or they might be like the highest. Or they like they'll be ranked like twenty-seventh technically, right? Yeah, yeah, twenty-six. Like they'll, they'll be getting the most votes without being in the top twenty-five. Yeah. So so far, liking what I'm seeing. Interesting thing though, last night, as somebody that was there, yes, and I will kind of dri- take over and drive here for this one, mm-hmm. is that Marcus Bagley he went through warmups. He had his uniform on. I could see it under his, you know, warm up shirt that he was wearing. So you would say he. He looked like he was he ready was to play. A- I believe he was active last night. He looked like he was to ready to play. He and need he him. did not get in the game. He did not get in the game. And I asked Bobby Hurley, you know, if he was a game time decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked Bobby Hurley if it was a game time decision. And Bobby gave me this response. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, really. You know, good couple of games, and and guys are playing well, and and our, our perimeter is, uh, you know, really playing at a high level, and um, you know, wasn't going to disrupt anything tonight. So DNP coach's decision, possibly. What it seems like to me, I I think it seems like Marcus Bagley, who was very hyped up, coming into ASU, played 15 games over his, uh, you know, first two seasons at ASU, and then played two. It fell hard, uh, according to John Rothstein, hurt his hip. Um, you know, he, he missed the road trip where they, they started to play really well. 
come back home. He's active. Went through layup lines. All Went that. through, or we think he's active. Goes through layup lines. Everything doesn't get in. I just think it's it's very 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 interesting that he wasn't out there. And I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions to be asked about that. Um, and I'm I, I'm okay with it as long as they're winning. I'm, yeah. Again, like if if he might be a hindrance to the team. Then yeah, I'm. I'm uh, not, uh, not 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 necessarily a hindrance, but like a disrupting the flow kind of thing. Like yeah. where, where you you want to ease him back in kind of thing. Yeah, m- maybe. But again, like may- maybe they just pl- like they play can. better when he's not on the court. And I I think it's it's okay to say that. And maybe they do. And if 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 it's what is going to work and they're going to win, then I mean I'm I'm okay with it. I I mean I guess he's a hyped up player. You know he's and everything and but. You know, not every hyped up player ends up, you know, necessarily being uh, the player that they were talked about to be. And uh, but you know, I, I hope hopefully he can get back into the rotation, and everything. Um, but again, I'm just uh, how'd your tu- how'd your ringer turn on again? I don't know what happened. I, I don't know, Jeremy. I I do not it's know. A, it's a fine. I, okay, uh, huge. But but again, but again, uh, whatever they can do to be good, I'm fine with. Jake, I want your opinion on this. When you saw Jesse, he, he sent us a message last night and said that Marcus Bagley did not play, seemingly was active, and possibly ready to go. What was your original thought? Honestly, I wasn't I wasn't like, oh my God, shocked. It was kind of like, I. my first thought was Bobby Hurley's getting to the point where it's like, I've coached this team for three years without you. So, like, I, honestly, I think he might have design the team without Marcus in mind just because he has no idea if he's going to be available or not, right? He seemingly can't stay on the court um, for a variety of reasons, um, whether it's he's sick, whether he's injured. So I'm honestly not shocked. I mean, I don't want to equate this to soccer, but like we saw when Ibrahimovic became almost a distraction for Sweden and they just got rid of him. Yeah. And the team actually played better. Same with Mario Balotelli. Well, with Italy. We don't have to bring Italy up <laughs> during this World Cup, Jeremy. Was... Sorry. Well, I mean, U.S. isn't doing very well, so. I mean, they're doing better than Italy and Argentina. Uh, fire Berhalter. But yeah, it's sack Berhalter. When you when you have I, well, when you I, have I a guy with such immense talent, sometimes players do feel compelled to just give him the ball, and yeah. they don't feel comfortable. Or well, because they know how talented he is. Exactly. He still is talented, and it's one of those where it's like you're on the court and you want to almost stay out of his way, then maybe sure. run your sets yeah. as by the book as you might normally. And what we've seen ASU, I mean, Jesse just said it, they're passing more than you would like. That that's a result of offense moving and going, which. Not that Marcus can't do that, but Marcus is obviously more of an on-ball. He is going to, with his skill, beat you. So it might just be um, a mismatch of of styles, of what is working for the team compared. And maybe Bobby Hurley now is just trying to figure out, how do I get this kid back in? Because if you can figure out how to get Marcus into this team and effective, you come Pac-12 tournament time, come real tournament time, come conference play. This ASU team... Might be what we saw in 2020 and could be maybe like a 3-4 seed. Make some noise, make the tournament. Got to do better rebounding, though. I mean, they gave up 23 offensive rebounds to Grambling the other, uh, the, yesterday. Yeah, they, they, it was weird, too. It was, just, it was almost like just when they were on defense. Like, they had no problem when they, when like ASU getting boards on offense, but it was just like defensively. I don't know. Yeah, got to be better. The, the Bigs have played really good at, on defense. The problem is that they can't get the rebounds. So, uh, I'd like to see that become something somewhat of a point of emphasis uh, for the rest of the season. It's not about height, it's about effort. Yeah, what Jake said. Uh, they play Alcorn State uh, the 27th, whatever that is. What is that, Saturday, Jesse? Something Sunday. like that. Sunday. Yeah, that's at 3 p.m. That's on Pac-12 Network, and uh, you can listen to it on the Arizona Sports app. That's going to do it. Um, for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Make sure to tune in to our continuing coverage of Arizona State Athletics this week. State of the Sun Devils, uh, you can follow us on State of the, at AZ Sports Devils on Twitter, and we'll have so much coverage for the rest of the week. We have 
a bunch of people from Arizona sports making their predictions. You're going to want to hear that, especially Jarrett Carlin. Um, you're going to want to yell at your screen and say, shut up, Jarrett, just like Dan Bickley does almost every day. Um, Ferret. <laughs> you can read Jake's articles on ArizonaSports.com and see all his coverage on Twitter at AZ Sports. For Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you on Friday for the Territorial Cup. Ciao.